Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea and my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What's up, yo, Tennessee Homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, another day, another dollar. Mm. Another day closer to some SEC football. How you doing, man? I know, it's so funny. Uh, the podcast gets me through the week. It really does. You know, because work sucks. You know, I mean, some people are having a great time right now up there on vacation. I live, you know, I'm in the Gatlinburg area. The leaves are changing colors. Yeah. Uh, they're they're there, buddy. The leafers are there. Traffic <laughs> everywhere you go. And it is what it is. But it's it's the podcast, you know, because we do this one, and then the next one we're doing our picks, and then it's like Christmas Eve. We got the football <laughs> games, you know, and then it's like – yeah, I, I all week I'm like, am I going to lock this team down? Am I going to lock this team down? You know, what is this going to look like? And and it's just so fun. It's just it's so fun. And we're taking. I don't want to take it for granted, Mike, because yeah. even though this on paper does not look like the best weekend of college football, what does it look like in what does it look like in March? You know, what does it look like in in July? I you would kill for this weekend of college football. So I cannot wait. I'm in. I'm all in, baby. Yeah, we're like the Michigan guy stealing sides. You know what I mean? Just fired up to hit the road and, and watch some football. You know what? We were just discussing that. Like, we, I didn't even know that was a business, you know? And, and kudos for people creating this. Obviously, it's out there and, and, you know, it's all in the news and everything. For for the listeners, that's uh, maybe, maybe you don't know. Maybe you've been on the outside and you're checking up on the podcast, but uh, Michigan's in a little bit of a hot water right now with uh, some signs stealing. You ever, you've seen them. Those three, they got the different signs. Somebody's got a green shirt and a red shirt, and they're trying yeah. to do something fancy on the sidelines. Well, apparently there's outfits out there that are going around to these different games, recording, <laughs> and, you know, getting paid to do it. And I'm like, damn, Mike, you know, we what were we thinking? We could be going to games, just stealing signs and making money, enjoying, this, enjoying right, the experience. Right, right, but it doesn't always work. Ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and our friend Kirby Smart, he was asked about it. Well, we, I want to break down some Florida, Georgia here in a minute. Yeah. But I just wanted to lead with this because because this is kind of like, I mean, I don't really care about Michigan football. I know you don't either. No. But it's it's kind of the big topic. And Kirby was asked about it here on, the, what was it, Tuesday evening. Mm-hmm. He's asked about, you know, because they played in the playoff not that long ago. Did you, did you, notice, did you notice any – Sign stealing, what you know, and uh, I mean, Kirby Kirby's the master now at like these subtle jabs, mm-hmm. and he got them pretty good. I guess the necessary follow up that's obviously coming about Michigan. You played Michigan, you aware in retrospect or at the time of anything unusual? No, I didn't, I didn't notice anything or know anything. Nobody we talked to you know, warned us or any of that. I mean, I think everybody we play, they say, they steal your signals. I mean, we play somebody, they're always like, they're great at stealing your signals. But uh, what they're referencing is different than stealing them. I mean, they're they're coming in, you know, if they're talking about people coming to film them, that's completely different. But we've tried to, you know, hide the signals, hold the calls, put signs up, do all that. But I, I don't, I, I was nothing I remember about the Michigan game that makes me think that. 
All right, Chase. So, hey, no no evidence from the Georgia sideline. And, of course, he's referencing their 34-11 to 11 win. Maybe Michigan was stealing their signs, but it sure as hell didn't help them that day. You know what? <laughs> no, absolutely. I love it. I love it. All right. So, we're going to preview the games. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've, I've been having a – I don't know about you. I've been having a good deal of fun with these uh, SEC mailbags. Yeah. Enjoy the, the, the questions. Just never know what we're going to get asked on one of these. So uh, how about we tackle some uh, some mailbag questions before yeah. we preview these games? Absolutely, brother. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. How about this one, Shane, from Seventh Generation American? I believe this was on uh, Twitter. What impact does the elimination of divisions have on the SEC next year? And just to clarify, in case people, you know, not everybody Keeps up with the news, but this is the final year of SEC East, SEC West. Mm -hmm. Next year, Texas and Oklahoma come into the league. They're not going down to the East Division or the West Division. It's just 16 teams, and then I believe the the two teams with the best conference records will go to the SEC Championship. So that's that's what seventh-generation American here is asking us. How does that impact the SEC next year, doing away with East and West and just – it, it's essentially just going to be a one one division league. Man, I mean, it's big time. I mean, obviously that's a loaded question. I mean, you could do a whole show about that one, and I'm sure we, we got will. time. No, I'm, I'm sure we will in the off season, Mike. But you know, the biggest one for me is, you know, and, and some people think of uh, as a disadvantage that 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 every game that you go to isn't going to matter as much. Does it, I don't know if you're, if you're sensing that, but because there are going to be several one-loss, even two-loss teams that potentially have – I mean, because you can remember the college football playoffs are expanding too. Right. There, there's going to be more SEC teams going on to the college football playoffs. So one of the biggest ones is losing some of that – I don't know, just that – what's the word I'm looking for, Mike? Just the urgency in winning uh, every single game and being perfect. But – I still think that you're going to have to. What I love about the SEC side of it, though, is there's been a lot of SEC championships that we've got to watch that didn't have the two best teams in the SEC. Yeah. You know, sometimes the East is up, sometimes the West is up, but sometimes the best teams are coming from the West or the best teams are coming from the East, you know? So I think that we're going to get a little bit better football action on SEC uh, championship games, but... I don't know, man. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. I want to go – my biggest one, and the only reason I was all for the expansion of, of – or just the div, getting away of the divisions is the ability to go to other football sites, to yeah. play teams that you don't get to see but every seven to nine years or right. whatever it is. That, that's my biggest – Yeah. where I was going to go scheduling. Yeah. That's the biggest impact because of what you just said. Uh, I mean, this year – Texas Tech or Tennessee A and M, that was a fun game. Yeah, but it—I don't know about you, but it almost didn't feel like a conference game because it was like never seen these players right. play each other since they played the COVID year. Mm. I mean, that was that was even that's a while ago. Uh, we've referenced this one a lot: Tennessee versus Ole Miss. Yeah, how how much fun was that game? Yeah, they should be playing every other year, if not, you know, more often maybe in the in an SEC championship. Uh, Mississippi State versus Florida. Mm-hmm. Especially when Dan Mullen was there, yeah. I know they played one time, but how great would it be if they had to play every other year? Yeah, uh, I, I think that 
is the biggest impact and the and the biggest issue I've had with the SEC for a long time. The scheduling is nonsensical. Yeah. It, at times makes it unbalanced because the, the West has been so good. I think it's flipped now. I think the East is is just as good now. Uh that's so that's the biggest one. But I also think it could potentially really help some of these teams in the West that for years and years, and I'm looking at Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State that have been kind of in that gauntlet of facing Bama, yeah. LSU, A&M when they're good. Uh, you know, it's just Auburn when they're good. It's, yeah. it's unfair, I think, at times. So I think it opens it all up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I can't think of many negatives, but the biggest positive is what you said, the scheduling, yeah, getting to go around the conference. And we're still to – Determining if it's going to be eight or nine game, I feel like we're going to talk about that for twenty years. So eight game or nine game SEC yeah. slate, we still don't know. But it's uh, it's it's the scheduling is is the biggest impact. And and again, I think, and you and I have discussed this that we expect uh, an expansion of SEC games being played right. every single year, which ultimately benefits the consumer. You know, mm-hmm. I, I get it. It's about the kids and. and this is an industry of entertainment and every Saturday there's those games that come up. Nobody wants to see Alabama and MTSU or, you know, uh, Tennessee and UTSA or whatever, you know, these they're, they're fun. They're fun to go watch and it's fun to go watch your team destroy them. But wouldn't you rather have a, an Arkansas or, you know, an Ole Miss, like you said, and, and then all of a sudden it's it's a battle because again when we do this there are going to be I, I, every week it's it's going to be kind of like it is this year you know we're getting to the the end of the season and we still are uncertain who's going to make in the SEC it's not always been that way yeah it's always kind of at this point we're like well long as Alabama doesn't screw up or long as LSU doesn't screw up yeah it, it, they'll be to the SEC championship you know, you know what's interesting about that though I'm sorry to cut yeah. you off but. I, I even tested this because uh, our, my buddy Dave Bar two CFB Matrix, yeah. he, he, he said, hey, why don't you tweet this out and see what happens? And, and I did. And it was a question because you see most of these fans, mm-hmm. they want nine-game yeah. SEC schedule. They want more SEC games. They want to keep games like Alabama and Tennessee, yep. keep Texas and Texas A&M, even though – well, we lost it, but bring it back annually. Yeah. Texas, Oklahoma, they, they won all these games, which I do too. Yeah. Fully support it. But he said, why don't you tweet this out? Would you rather have an easy, uh, easier, schedule, uh, easier, easier schedule and a better record, or would you rather have a tougher schedule and a worse record? And every 99% of people said, this, this, you're, you're stupid. Why are you asking this? We want a better record. We... They were like, you know, how much have you been drinking? Why are you yeah. asking us this? And it's true. They support nine-game schedule, but they want more wins. Yeah. It ain't going to happen. No. It's one way or another. You exactly. can't have both. That's exactly so right. So some, sometimes you're not looking at the full picture, and I think that's a big reason. I know we, we cite TV revenue, which let's not kid ourselves. That, that probably is the main reason. They've not gotten that the guarantees from the networks that they, they can get more money for more games. But also – the SEC, they're one of the few that plays eight-game conference, and everyone mocks them for it. Yeah, but no one gives a damn when they when they send two teams to the playoff right. and one of them wins it. How how many times have we heard Georgia 
Well, they only played eight conference games. Mm-hmm. No one, no one gives a damn. Yeah. How many times have we heard Nick? You know, Nick Saban. He ain't the greatest. He only plays eight conference games a year. No one says that. No one cares. Right. All they care about is you winning. So, I don't know. I when I when you have those conversations, I don't know that going to a nine game schedule is a guarantee. I really don't. Because people want to win. They do. They do. And I think they're just scared. And the because, coaches hate it too. But it's it's a push, man. We're yeah. going to these super conferences. They're they're here. They're coming up. You know, yeah. we're expanding, and and it's going to boil down to three or four conferences, like it's always going to be. And then we got expanded college football playoffs now. Mm. For that reason, they did that so that the, a two loss team can get into the college. They're not going to be penalized because you you think about. And I'm not going to give you a history lesson here, but back when they started the <laughs> SEC championship. You know, there was a lot of people that did not want that because that could keep Team A out of the BCS right. you know, championship game. And a prime example was the first year they did it, Alabama was on their way, but almost lost was I think I believe to Florida Gators. Don't maybe not quote me on that history. I'm not the the best at history lessons, but it was the infamous interception. Was that the Alabama or was that Florida? That was Florida yeah, and Alabama. Florida and Alabama, right? So I can't remember exactly how it played out, but I do well, know Bama it, was was the be, was the higher rated, and they and, ended and, up winning. And right. Florida was was beating them. Yes, but they threw a pick six there at the end, and, and Alabama won the first SEC championship. Went on to win the the first national championship, and if if Alabama had lost that, they would not have gone on to the national yeah. championship, and neither would have Florida, and people would have. Exactly, it, it wouldn't have caught on because they were said you just cost Alabama. National they may championship. have. They may have canned it immediately right. after that. But, you know, again, when the other conferences start mimicking what we do here in the SEC, you're it's gonna it's like the NFL. I mean, it's it's getting close to the NFL. You don't hold out the Eagles because they have four losses, you know. No, they're still going to the the you know, yep. the, the playoffs, you know. So same same concept here, uh, you know, and I think that's why I enjoy it because I believe we're going to get better football every weekend. Not we're not going to have off weekends. We're not going to have to t- say, "Hey, what are we looking forward to this Army game?" You know, it's like <laughs> it's an SEC matchup. Who the hell's going to win this thing? I don't know. Yeah. Well, you were right. We can go down a down <laughs> rabbit hole. So let, let's move on. I, I do appreciate the question. Yeah. How about this one from the barn door? Yeah. Great questioner on uh, the, on the YouTube's most likely to win out. And he's not talking bowl game, just regular season. We've got three options here. Okay. And I, I'm happy to run down the schedules if you would like. Arkansas, mm-hmm. Mississippi State, or Texas A&M. And let me uh, run down the schedules real quick. Here's Arkansas, remaining schedule. They get a bye week at Florida, Auburn at home, FIU at home, Missouri at home. Here's Mississippi State schedule at Auburn. Kentucky at home, at A&M, Southern Miss at home, Ole Miss at home. And then here's uh, Texas A&M. They've got South Carolina at home, at Ole Miss, Mississippi State at home, Abilene Christian at home, and at LSU. This this is a tough one based on the schedule. I thought I had an answer to it. I looked at it. I was like, oh, most likely to win out the regular season. What was your initial one? A&M. Oh, okay. But then I, you know, you, then you're like, at Ole Miss, at LSU, yeah. Hell, South Carolina's pesky. Uh, I don't, I don't think that's the answer. 
I think it's Arkansas. <laughs> I, 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 I can't. We just fired our coach. You know? <laughs> Maybe we, he was the problem. We just know? lost seven to three, and we're like, oh, you know what? They could win out. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying it till yeah, the final game. Happens. Oh, they can lose man. every game. They'll get to Missouri. I'll be like, we can win out. If you remove the teams, the actual teams and the players and all that stuff, and you said, hey, which schedule do you like better? I like Arkansas's schedule the best out of those. Yeah. Um, but if I'm if I'm picking one catching fire, I got I'm up I'm I'm off Texas A and I I I want to say them, I really do, but I'm not I'm not going to do it. We can, how about this? You might be right. Mississippi State, I think that's that's what you're limited. That's, yeah. that's what you're left with. Auburn, I don't want to say in shambles, but they're <laughs> they're struggling. Right, and uh, it is at Auburn though. Kentucky. They could be coming off of Tennessee, right. three losses. They could be in shambles. At A&M, Jimbo could be fired by then. They could yeah. be in shambles. Southern Miss, no idea. And then you just have, I mean, the, the Egg Bowl at home, that's going to be very tough. But oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. None of them. None of them went out. But if I had a, if I had a lean one, I get why you, you would say Arkansas because the unknown. You know, you got a new – yeah, we always do this. Everybody does it. You know, we got a new quarterback. You know, we got a new coach. You know, all of a sudden, who knows? Maybe we get momentum. This is this catches fire. Um, I'm going to Arkansas as well. I, I know it sounds crazy. We just fired a coach. Yeah. But but there's too many land bonds on both Mississippi State yeah. and, and Texas A&M schedule. Well, sticking with the Hogs, this is from Go Hogs 92 on YouTube. He's one of, Every time we post a video, he's one of the first – He's a great I'm, fan never, of ours. I'm going back. I'm still going with that one. Before you go there, yeah. Texas A&M. Wait, you just changed. You just said all three. You literally said Mississippi State, no. Arkansas, I'm, now a and That shows you how good this <laughs> damn question was, Mike. I'm going Texas A&M. Okay, okay. Uh, Hogs, go Hogs 92. Yeah. Should Sam Pittman be fired or should he be given another year? He got the defense right yeah. by changing the coordinator he's talking about. Uh, I think he can get the offense with a competent offensive coordinator. That's him talking. What, what's your thoughts? Should Sam be given another year? Yeah. Yeah, I really do. I I mean, obviously, you know, we had really two good coordinators down there when we had bad players. And I'm not saying bad players, but just not not this roster, the roster they have now. And, and I feel like this Dan Enos was a terrible hire. But – we all make mistakes, right? You know, yeah. We all, and and I and I don't want to fault him because if he were a great hire, we'd be saying a different story right now and and crowning Sam as a you know one of the best coaches in the SEC. So yeah, I, I say give him some time, give him another coordinator, give him an opportunity. I am a little discouraged about some of the holes and flaws in this program because it's his bread and butter, and I'm talking about that damn offensive line right now. Yeah. I mean, when Sam was looking for a job. We, we all were on board saying Sam was the best offensive line coach in the country, and then all of a sudden Arkansas can't find one. Yeah. So, you know, maybe get some competent coordinators where he can maybe spend a little more time with that offensive line uh, because it's it's there. So, yeah, I say give him, give him another year. Yeah, I definitely think so too. Um, no, I mean – it's tough, man, when you when you fire a coordinator in the middle of the season. But if it ain't working, mm-hmm. a lot of these coaches say, "I can make it work." Right? You know, or I also like the fact that he's he's doing what he thinks needs to be done to fix this season. He's not 
He's not looking ahead to next season. He's trying to win win some games here. He's, yeah. he's got to win some games, and, and I think they will. But, yeah, I, th- I think he should be given another year. I think that's just such a damn tough job. Let me ask you this. If, let's say the season finishes out kind of the, mo- the way it's going. So, you know, we're obviously going to be really disappointed with Arkansas and really, you know, whatever. Yeah. At the end of the year, if – uh, even Texas and Oklahoma, there is no coaching changes. No, he- I mean we've done it before in the, in the entire sixteen. SEC? The entire sixteen teams, no coaching jobs open up. Do you think that changes Hunter's opinion? Because now he's not competing with other SEC programs on hiring a new coach. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good question, Shane. Uh, <laughs> Does that mean more? He's more likely to fire him because he's like no one else competes. That's what I'm saying uh, because, because eh. again, next year, what does it look like? You know, we've got some coaches that are going to be coming into the season probably with a hot seat talk, right? Right. You know, and who knows at the end of the year if there's three or four jobs open up, Arkansas is competing with other SEC programs. I, I'm just, I don't know, man. I think it's I think it's always wrong to look at what everybody else is doing yeah. and then let that dictate what you're doing. Yeah. I think you got to do what's right for you. Yeah. To hell with what everybody else is doing. Okay. I think that's just, the wrong way to look at it. Just a different angle out there. No, I appreciate, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's why you're so good. <laughs> All right. How about this? Cody Garrett on Twitter. Uh-huh. You're going to like his question, Shane. If Tennessee wins out, <laughs> do they play in the SEC championship? And, uh, again, here's their schedule. And they don't even control their destiny. So, mm. at Kentucky. Yeah. UConn, who cares? At Missouri. Georgia at home, Vanderbilt at home. I would say no. No, I mean, I mean, it comes down to Georgia. Georgia's got to lose two games, and right. one of them's got to be there. So if they went out, you still need Georgia to drop to another one. And obviously, there's but some. But could you argue if they're losing to Tennessee, Georgia is, then maybe they're losing maybe they to somebody could, else? Yeah, maybe they could lose to Ole Miss, Missouri. Maybe they're not that good. I don't know. I, I think it's more about if Georgia drops one. Yeah, it's it's is because it's on the road. We've seen yeah. that with a bunch of these teams. They're just different on the road. Yeah, in a tough environment. So, yeah, I wouldn't put more than twenty dollars on. It. <laughs> 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 you know, but you never know. I, I don't know what those odds are right now. But why not ride with it? it, it my concern is that, like you said, they don't control their their own destiny. They've already have two SEC losses, and it is it is extreme. It just it doesn't happen. It never happens. So. Yeah, and this is uh, similar. A lot of people want to know about the SEC championship, Shane. I am Samaritan. Mm-hmm. If Florida beats Georgia, yeah, uh, what does the SEC championship game look like? And I think kind of what they're hinting at, they're, they're not outright asking, but <laughs> I think they're saying, can Florida make the championship if they win it? They already have one, they have two losses, but only one conference. So yeah. they they would control their destiny. In the East, Florida yeah. would if they beat Georgia, uh, but they got at LSU, at Mizzou, Arkansas at home. Um, if Georgia loses this weekend, obviously it doesn't affect the West, but uh, maybe maybe that changes your opinion on on Ole Miss beating Georgia. I don't know, but what, what's your thoughts on that? Who who goes to the SEC championship if Florida beats Georgia, and it could still be Georgia. It still could be if Florida does it, though. Maybe oh, I mean, if you beat Florida, if you beat Florida, 
You go to South Carolina, and then you beat you beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. I would just ride the hot hand there. I mean, you that seems Florida? like yeah. I mean, you're to win you at beat, LSU and at Mizzou. But if you if they beat Georgia, why could they beat those teams? You know, tougher environments. Let me think let, Death let, Valley and let me flip it Barrow on a Field. different angle here. Uh-huh. Okay, teams not named Georgia and Alabama. What is what would be your ranking of the other team? Let's just do the top five going to an SEC championship, most likely to least likely. So, and and I think we're both on the same boat here. LSU would be the first one in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Who would you have right under LSU? Teams not Georgia or Alabama going to an SEC championship. Who would you have right under LSU? East or West, doesn't matter. Mizzou. Okay, I'm with you. Same boat. All right, who do you got after Mizzou? Mm, Ole Miss, I guess. Yeah, okay. All right, we're in the same. I don't know. Maybe Tennessee? Maybe. There's a big drop-off. Yeah, that's a big (laughs) drop-off. Yeah. Yeah. After Ole Miss, what do you got after Ole Miss? I I guess Tennessee. And then Florida? Yeah. I'd probably, yeah. Maybe (laughs) A&M? Yeah, it does get a little murky there after those. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, we're clinging. We're clinging down there. You know what? Day, or how about this one? Carmelo on Twitter. Yeah. He's already fired Jimbo. Florida, right? I, I'm not sure. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Dan Mullen yeah. to A&M. Dan Mullen to A&M. I think they can get a bigger name than that. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if you just try to get names, but. I don't think that's the hire for A&M. No, if they're spending yeah. 90 million or whatever, I no. think it's like 75, but if they're spending 75 million, I don't think they're turning around and be like Dan's got Dan. to prove he's got to prove it somewhere. When you when you fail at the Florida job, you've got to go somewhere else. I know we we were joking on anybody that missed it on the power ranking show mm-hmm. when everybody was just naming former SEC coaches, but I stand by it. Dan Mullen I think is one hell of a coach. Yeah. I don't think he's fit for a, for a Florida Clearly, he wasn't, uh, or Georgia or A and M, but I think, I think like Arkansas, I think maybe Auburn. Hell, I think he would have killed it at Tennessee. I think, you know, you probably get pissed off. I'm throwing Tennessee into that mix, but you know, some of these schools, I think he he's an excellent hire, yeah, and he's proven it at Mississippi State, and he proved it for a short while at Florida, yeah. I think he's an excellent – he's better than a lot of these coaches, I think. I wanted Mullen. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm not gonna, I mean, the tweets are out there if you dig hard enough. Yeah. You'll see that I was pro-Mullen going to Tennessee. So, And everybody was. Everybody – I mean, that was such a hot name from Mississippi State. Every single year it was like, where's is Dan going to stay? You know, it's just – is Mississippi State a stepping stone, you know? And uh, given the opportunity, it kind of surprised me. I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth – the most one of the most disappointing outcomes at a job is is Dan Mullen to Florida. You know, I thought he would excel down there. I said, "Shit, it's over." You know, the Gators are back. Yeah, it really really surprised me that he kind of whiffed. And uh, and I'm not, but again, you don't know. Yeah, we get Josh Heupel and some people in, some people out. I've seen it, and people probably delete their tweets when they said, you know. <laughs> yeah. But they're extreme. We're all happy here at Tennessee. We know we got a good coach, and it's it's tough out there. You're trying. You're looking for the fourteenth best, fourteen best coaches. Yeah, 
uh, in the SEC, and it's it's tough because you can more wrongs than rights, you know. Right. Well, and Carmelo, he just says A and M. Maybe he meant Florida A and M. Damn, on the Florida. Ah, <laughs> there you go. Seems like UCF is the next move. You know, yeah. put Gus somewhere. He's getting hot again. You know. All right. Final question here. We we had a bunch, but we got to narrow it down. Crazy Carl. Yeah. He's he's asked before. This is a good one. You'll you'll appreciate it. Probably related. Could a referee? Win the Heisman this year. Certainly, <laughs> certainly making some big plays out there. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. It's still going on. It's still the it's it's not deflate gate, but it's it's like getting that level here in Tennessee. I have seen I've been tagged in I don't know about you, I'm sure you have been tagged in more little videos about the development screenshots. Of, yeah. <laughs> Where was the flag here? You know, I get it. I get it. We got to get through it, but you keep looking in the rearview mirror. You're going to lose to the team this Saturday. So be careful. Yeah. Well, let's get into that. Shane, the preview, the, some of these games here and, uh, starting of course with, uh, mm-hmm. the world's world's largest outdoor cocktail party, Georgia, Florida, big time matchup here. And, I don't know, Shane. What's your thoughts on this? Because it seems like any time that Georgia faces one of these teams that's got some momentum, that's starting to believe, we're getting a question, can can Florida win the East? They win this game? This is when you catch a mad Georgia. Yeah. And I also, I mean, you you don't want to see any player get injured, but the storyline of, man, what are they going to look like with Brock Bowers? Yeah. That seems to piss them off, too, when when they're – doubted and they're down this yeah. guy or they're down that guy does georgia got something to prove in this game do you think this georgia team against a, a hot florida team it's had two weeks to hear about how great billy napier is and stunned the world and beat south carolina you think georgia comes into this game a lot a lot of people like myself included they're not number one yeah the playoff rankings come out after this game mm-hmm. so they need a I mean, they'll be fine, but they people are kind of saying they kind of need a resume boost a little bit. So, yeah. I don't know. Does, does Georgia have the two-time national championship? Can you believe I'm asking you this question? They're undefeated. They ain't really been tested, except maybe Auburn. But yeah, do they have something to prove here? I think so. I really do. Um, because that's it's not it's not Brock Bauer's team, right? Is he a big part of it? Yes. But Georgia, I mean, it was what a year ago, two years ago. Jalen Carter got hurt. You know, I mean, you were talking about just as impactful on on that on the opposite side of the ball was was Carter. He was still down there on the sideline. He was still a team captain. He was still support. Brock Bowers isn't you know laid up in a hospital somewhere. His ass is going to be out there and right. still be a focal piece of motivating this program. He's a captain. Yeah, you know, but. Yeah, he's, he's already back with the team. He's, he's yeah. not playing, obviously, but he's he's out there doing what he can. Georgia is riddled with five-star talent. It's just one has shined brighter than the other. So I, I think the big thing you've got to watch out is thinking that one guy going down for Georgia is the, the, the start of a decaying dynasty. It's not, okay? They're, they're, they're locked and loaded, and I think this as a team – is going to rally because again Brock's right there. He's it's it's not like he's disappeared. So he's just not out there on the field, and he can't help you come back if you lose if you get down three scores. But this I don't know. I I 
I'm kind of worried on that side for Mizzou, you know, because you not, not that I still think Mizzou coming into this game is not underestimating the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, but the country is a lot of them. Social media is, you know, and and I think that's a dumb, lazy take because Georgia's still freaking loaded. Yeah, how about bigger picture though? With uh, with Florida picking up momentum, yeah, they're, they're certainly killing it in recruiting. Any pressure is not the right word, maybe, but any uh, you know Kirby Smart needing to kind of show them who's boss and be like, "That's nice, you're recruiting well and all yeah. this." You're five, what are they five and two? But I mean, how big would this be for Kirby to keep them under his boot, so to speak? Well, I think he wants to keep everybody under his boot, right? But especially this game, these rival. This is a big rivalry. It doesn't seem like it, you know. It's like the used to, it used to be the third Saturday in October. That, that didn't seem like it, but the last couple of years has been pretty damn tight, you know. Yeah, people. It's just all it takes is one good season, one big upset, and all of a sudden this rivalry fl- flares back up. Florida's got talent coming down there, so that gap's going to get smaller and smaller every single year. Kirby knows that; he's no dummy. But you know, I think with Florida. There's it's fifty fifty for me. Either they're really good and they're back, or it's been a fluke. They they've had a a sheet over my head, you know, or something. It's like I'm trying to figure out where are what are they? You know, is this a real? Is this a top ten Florida Gators, or is this a team that's caught some teams in the wrong time or good time? You know, right? That makes sense. And you know, it's interesting, Shane. You asked me just a moment ago. You know. Hell, if Florida can beat Georgia, why can't they beat Arkansas? Well, clearly. <laughs> why can't they beat LSU? Why can't they beat Mizzou? Why can't they beat Florida? Georgia's better than all of them. Yeah. So there is a lot to be gained. We can get red hot. But if you get your ass kicked by Georgia, then you're saying Arkansas's got two weeks to prepare. Then we got to go to LSU, yeah. then a Mizzou, then a Florida State. So you can big-time backslide, too. Um, I think there's a there's a lot on the line, I think, for Florida in this matchup to just not even I'm saying, I mean, you could lose to Georgia and you can still win all the rest. Mm-hmm. But this could be a backslide or this could be a huge boost to to win out. I don't know. It feels it's kinda like you're saying. I mean, we're we're still trying to figure out what Florida is. And mm-hmm. I think there this is obviously a huge opportunity. Yeah. Um and I just man. This because this is this is going to be the beginning of Billy Ball being a staple in the SEC, and I'm not saying if they lose it, then we'll never get there. But if they win it, we're there a hell of a lot quicker mm-hmm. than I thought they'd get there. Don't you think? It's so funny because when you watch Florida, there's games that you're like, oh, I get it, I see it. He's out here painting a picture of what this program's going to look like. But then there's those Saturdays like in Kentucky, and you it's like oof, you know we've. They got some work to do, you yeah. know. So I, I'm like, I'm I'm in and out on them, but I just like the the trajectory they're on right now, the path. People don't give South Carolina credit, but going on the road to Williamsburg Stadium is not easy, and to do what he's not been able to do, go out there and win on the road, I think was a was a big first step there, you know. Now I'm not crowning Florida. But you would have asked me about this game three weeks ago. I said, I don't know. You know, probably going to be another blowout. But now, you know, given the certain situation, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe, 
I'm not touching it. I'm not going to be gambling on this one too. Hot. <laughs> Don't worry about locking this one down right now. But but it could go either way. And and I think that's the that's the beauty of this game is going into this matchup is the first time I've had so many question marks about each team. So any and for me, final thing I got on this one, Shane. There's a little added intrigue because Kirby's a defensive guy. Yeah. And that's in his DNA. Billy Napier, offensive guy. He's calling the plays for the Gators. Mm-hmm. And these two locking heads, annual basis, strength on strength. Not necessarily. I think Florida's defense, obviously, is, is maybe a little bit better than the offense. But I'm just saying one guy's strength on the other guy's strength. Yeah. And this will be an annual battle for hopefully years to come. But uh, it just – that catches my, my eye a little bit more. You know what? Yeah. No, I, I – and just the the game script, you know. Like, what is that going to look like? Are we going to be as aggressive as you were against South Carolina, or are we going to try to keep away from Georgia and do these long, methodical drives, you know? So I, I don't I don't know. It, it could go either way, but um, I don't know. It's, it's, the, it's the most I've looked forward to a game since Trask was down there, you know? Uh, you remember what's his name? Uh, it was a big tight end they had. Pitts. Kyle Pitts. You know what I'm saying? It's that that was the last time I've really looked forward to this matchup as like there's a chance that Florida pulls off the big upset here. You know what was also the last time hmm. last time Georgia lost a regular season game. Was that game? Yeah. COVID year. Yeah. Florida. Dan Mullen. He's a hell of a coach. Bring him back. I'm wondering if you had any uh inclinations on what they do well offensively that you guys feel as a defense that you need to take away the most. <laughs> yeah, they run the ball really well. They have great backs. They have a quarterback that's extremely hot and accurate. He knows exactly what he's doing in the system. Um, he understands how to do it. They've gotten their tight ends involved in the last couple of weeks and done a great job of that. They block physical on the perimeter. They take shots down the field that are set up through their play action, um, and they spread you out and do a really nice job. Uh, so they're a complete offense. You know, it's not like, ooh, if we take this away, they're one-dimensional. They have good wideouts. They have a really big physical offensive line. They got a quarterback that really understands. Okay, if this is not there, I'm doing this, and he can run. So they're they're a very complete uh, offense, and they they they're very methodical. You know, they they don't. It's not like they're sitting out there going 100 miles an hour. They know what their plan is, and they execute it. Put you in from a defensive standpoint, and and how do you answer those binds, or what have you studied on film? Yeah, no, I I, uh, I think they do a fantastic job. I think the personnel is really good, height, length, um, really good players at every level of the defense. Um, force you to earn everything, and certainly, I think this is year eight for Kirby, if I'm not mistaken. So, there's good continuity in terms of uh, the veteran players have a good comprehension of the system. So, overall, it's about the fundamentals. It's the execution and the personnel. What kind of challenge is that for Graham, and, and how much do you think Graham, given his confidence the last couple of weeks, is up for that kind of challenge? Yeah, no, I mean, I think um, playing well at quarterback is, is certainly a big part of the puzzle, right, I mean, if you're going to put this thing together. Uh, and I think the key is going to be that we play well around the quarterback. I think at each position group, there's unique challenges relative to the plan that would be really, really important. All right, how about the bourbon bet? Shade, Tennessee yeah. at Kentucky. 
Elite running attack here for Tennessee. Can it keep it going? Or, you know, you absolutely nailed it last week. You said, we've got to get Joe Milton running. Yeah. And that really opened things up. Right. That sparked Tennessee to a big first half lead. I don't I can't even remember what happened in the second half, but they were on fire in that first half. Uh what what do you be the key to this one for your Vols going on the road to Kentucky, do you think? Um cuz I think I know, but I'm just I'm curious if we're on the same page. I'll let you go first. Well, obviously the I thought that was a big step. And one thing we didn't talk about in that game that I and I hate to keep going back in the past here with Alabama, but oh, the refs. No, no, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. But you know they forced him to run yeah. in the first half, and then again, like you said, it opened up other things. And and again, Alabama was ready to sell out to the run, and Joe was able to dice him up with the passing game. But the running is going to come from him, and it seemed like it went away there for a minute, like. He doesn't have that fight or flight button, you know. He does. He just he holds it, holds it, holds it. Maybe throws a bad pass or something like that instead of just saying, "Hey, I can run," you know. It, <laughs> and 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 when we were doing that last little drive there, you know, again it triggered that he can run the ball. So it's I've never seen anything like it. And if if he figures that out, then Tennessee is going to kill Kentucky. Mm. So I. I just, I truly think if Joe sounds like a man that wants bourbon, I want a lot of bourbon, Mike. You know what I'm saying? But again, he did it one half of one game, so I can't say it's going to happen this weekend. I, I think with Kentucky, what it's really ultimately going to boil down to is Tennessee's defense mm. and Kentucky's defense. Yeah, it, it, I know we all the stories are going to come out about the offense here. But it's these two defenses, I think, are going to be the ultimate storyline Saturday. Which one takes control? Because if Tennessee takes control of Kentucky and does, you know, kind of like what they did with South Carolina, it doesn't matter how good or bad Joe's playing, they're going to win the game. But you can flip the coin. Kentucky has had these games, these, like, I, I think the Vanderbilt, you know, first half and. Uh, some of these little flare-ups where they just uh, – Florida was yeah. another one, just a lockdown. If they do that, then all of a sudden, again, we're not asking too much from Leary. And with this rushing attack that Kentucky has, who knows? They they may take away the victory. So I think it's going to come down to defense for me. You're close. Yeah. Very close. Special teams? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, speaking of that, that Kentucky defense, think back. To the last two years, this matchup, mm-hmm. particularly two years ago in Lexington, Tennessee right out the gate, 75-yard touchdown on the yeah. first play. Then the second time they got the ball, it took them about three plays. and It was 40, a 40 seconds touchdown. Yeah, And they did that to Kentucky last year, too. Not to that level, but there was just some explosive plays, especially, I think, after turnover. I mean – Heupel has got something queued up that he knows how to crack this Kentucky defense, which is uh, excellent defense. Yeah. It's not like this is some joker defense that they're facing here, but can Kentucky corral this Tennessee offense, especially right out the gate? Will they yeah. allow these explosive plays? And I think that'll kind of determine the game. Yeah. But I don't know if that's fair because this is a different Tennessee offense. You know, I don't know if they're capable of these big explosive touchdowns like we've seen. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if they have the personnel this year. They're just they're it's not quite in their DNA. Mm-hmm. They're more ground and pound. But I don't I think if you try to go ground and pound on Kentucky, I think they can beat you. Because that's yeah. their game. Yeah. That's Stoops ball there. Right. So yeah, when you say it's the defense that I think that's the right right angle. Can can Brad White and company have they can they just not get gashed yeah. with these huge, huge plays that Tennessee's been hitting them on year after year? And I, I think that's going to be critical to the game. Absolutely. The the rushing attack is there for both of these teams. The, the quarterbacks are going to have to create those running lanes. So we don't need a monumental game from either one of these quarterbacks to win. But they are going to have to do something that they've really struggled at doing here the last few weeks, and that is stretching this defense. Because you saw it with Alabama. Mm-hmm. When Alabama stretched Tennessee, the running lanes opened up. Same thing with Kentucky. You go to Mizzou. When Mizzou started stretching things, then all of a sudden the running lanes opened up. So it's, it's – wait, I just bad-mouthed Kentucky there. But I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm – I'm playing this game in my head, and yeah. I think we all are here. These are two programs that need to win so freaking bad, Mike. You know, yeah. I mean, so yeah, especially bad. Kentucky, and that, that's kind of also where I'm going with that. Two weeks to prepare, yeah, coming off two tough losses. I'm a little afraid for Kentucky if they get gashed early. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mark Stoops is a good enough coach. I'm not suggesting they're going to quit on him, but. That type of gut punch, yeah, is I think it's going to be hard for them to get up off the mat. Yeah, you know if they get down early, because we've seen it. Absolutely, when Mizzou jumped on them, when when Georgia jumped on them, they had no answers, and they're not built to come from behind. Right. So I I think that is critical to this football game. I really do. And we've seen it in Lexington too. That environment, if hushed, you know. Is is exactly what Tennessee wants to. Do. They want to take the. That's I think why it's important for a quick start for Tennessee. Just get the crowd out of it. But if they're not, man, I mean, we that place has been pretty damn loud. And then all of a sudden, the false starts start coming. Joe starts making mistakes, and same scenario. Tennessee loses again. So right, it could go either way. I, I the first quarter is so pivotal here. Whoever gets off to that hot start is going to win the game. And we got enough faith in Liam Cohen to know. I've heard he's gone back to some of the NC State NC State stuff that Devin Leary did so well with, and he's going to try to implement some of that. So, to, <laughs> I can't tell if you're trolling him or not. But but you know, after the buy, I mean, this may be a little bit different. Uh-huh. We just tweak a couple things. I mean, if we if just imagine, and I realize Kentucky's down right now; they're hurting. Yeah. If we can get Devin Leary rolling. And we've been saying it for about a month now, so I apologize. But if we can just get him rolling, this they could change the entire program. You know what I mean? Like like Kentucky, like this win would would be just could save the season. And again, they got Mississippi State after. It's in Starkville, but still, mm-hmm. you you should be you should be winning that game. Yeah, uh, Bam Bama at home. But again, if you beat Tennessee, give you some momentum. God, if you beat Bama. I mean, coach of the year. Yeah. You know what I mean? South Carolina, Louisville. I mean, these are all winnable games here, but it's got to start Saturday. I, I just think this could really turn around their season. I don't think it's just Leary. I think the receivers better catch some damn balls, too. Yeah. You know. Uh, the whole operation seems 
yeah. out of sync. Yeah. Like it's missing something or right. something. Yeah. I get that. But, you know, I this game at the end of the day is a rivalry. This is a game where both teams hate each other. Fan bases hate each other. And, you know, you, you can kind of throw some of this out. You know, we can get all analytic you know, style or whatever. Well, I can't, but you can, you know, and I can lean in on it, but, or emotional, but at the end of the day, this, this game's going to just come down to freaking momentum and who makes the least amount of mistakes because they make ton of them. Tennessee's made a ton of them. Kentucky's made a ton of them. Whoever makes the least amount of mistakes in this game will win Saturday. Yeah. Well, let's take a little break from the show, Shane, to remind the audience we're brought to you by MyBookie. Head on over to MyBookie.ag today. And most importantly, don't forget that promo code, that S-E-C, T-H-A-T-S-E-C. They're willing to give you a $200 cash bonus today with that promo code, that S-E-C, over at MyBookie.ag today. Fade our picks Fade the professor over here. Ah. Get you a winning weekend over at mybookie.ag today. There's a link in the show notes. And don't forget that promo code, that SEC. This is the number one way to help the show each football season. Head on over to mybookie.ag today. Promo code, that SEC. They're giving you $200. And I'm going to double it Saturday. Come on. <laughs> get on there. <laughs> Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch, 5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. The podcast is also brought to you by Game Time. Head on over to GameTime.co and use promo code THATSEC for $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Game Time is the place for the last-minute ticket sales. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Head on over to GameTime.co. Snag tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code that. SEC for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that SEC for 20 bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Speaking of mistakes, Shane. Yeah. South Carolina at AM. <laughs> mistakes were made <laughs> by us, or by many. But, uh, you know, these are two teams desperate for a win. They need it bad, brother. Yeah. Particularly South Carolina. Yeah, but given that it's all it's on the road, that's the bad part. It's an early game. It's a mm-hmm. good part. I don't know how <laughs> fired up A&M fans are going to be early in the morning for the Gamecocks. So they got that going for them. Two teams, though, Shane, that the both offensive lines are struggling. Uh, I had to I had to double check this, Shane. I couldn't believe it. 
A nice what time's this game again? Noon. Yeah. 11 a.m. Central. Yeah. So early, early game. Anaya Smith does not have a receiving touchdown this, this Holy season. Holy shit. Can you imagine saying that early? Early. I mean, he scored a, on a punt return, but we are we are just not utilizing our weapons here. You know what? How many teams would kill for Texas A&M wide receivers? I mean, kill. Uh, that's That should be illegal, Mike. You know what I'm saying? Somebody like that, like just a Swiss Army knife of talent, mm-hmm. can't find a way to get him in the end zone. Blows my mind. I mean, and he's it's not like he's getting all the attention of the defense. Right. He's getting his fair share of it, but they're not force-feeding their talent. And, and if, you know, I mean, hell, even Gary Danielson will tell you, when things get rough, you find your playmakers. And, and that's why we're so – that's why we're so hard on Jimbo. That's why we're so hard on on the Aggies is because we see the talent. And a lot of people get mad that we talk about it, but I swear, I swear it's there and it just needs unlocked. And for some reason, it it just won't. It never will. Confidence, though, that uh, two weeks prepare for this matchup, that maybe they'll unlock some of that and, and get things rolling? They have to. They have to. I mean, you, you – we just talked about Tennessee, Kentucky must win. I think that's pivotal for both those fan bases, but this is more pivotal for the coaches, you know, personally. Yeah. Jimbo can't afford to lose anything, especially to, to a, a rivalry. Nobody calls it that. We don't, what's the trophy they're fighting for? The Bonham, Bonham trophy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. So <laughs> bottom of some cabinet somewhere, you know what I'm saying? But but at the end of the day, here's a head coach fighting for his damn life. Yeah. And uh he's you can't you can't be conservative, man. You can't you got just let it loose. Have fun. Get out there. You you're not winning any championships this year. Right. So go out there and wreck some some schedules. And I'm not saying South Carolina doesn't need it. Here they they've been beat up. Coach has got a broken foot, you know. I mean, yeah. they need a damn win too. And going, this would be a big one for them uh, going to College Station on the road. They they need it. And they, thankfully, they got Spencer Rattler. He's, yeah. he's still cooking. You yeah. know, he ain't getting much help. He's battered and bruised. Juice Wells, they said, no chance he plays. Right. Leggett's been banged up. Marion Brown, another receiver's out. But we got talent. We got Trey Knox. Yeah. We got Nicholas Harbor. Um, we got backup quarterbacks yeah. out and running back receiver. I mean, this is just on oh, that defensive line. Looking at that old line, yeah, that's that's Ooh. a problem. Yeah, that's going to be a yeah. problem. So, I mean, if they if they show up with their A game, heavily favors A and M. Yeah, but what's the spread at now? Hmm. But you know, Shane, these quarterbacks they they get red hot. You just never know. A uh, and M favored. By fourteen and a half. Damn, no respect for South Carolina on this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But South Carolina won last year, and it started with special teams. Shane Beamer ball, kickoff return, and that that you know that's that's what South Carolina is going to need. Yeah, big plays on special teams, turnovers. For the love of God, our defense do something. Yeah. But you may be going against the perfect coach to solve your defensive woes this weekend in Jimbo Fisher, you know. So we we've kind of already talked about, you know, Jimbo. I think he must win, like you said. Uh Shane Beamer, this this isn't necessarily a must win, but no. th- but this could be like a season saver. Yeah. Cause after this, Shane, every game they got left is at home. Yeah. 
So imagine winning this one where you're a two-touchdown underdog. Yeah. They've won in that scenario before. But, uh, you know, winning on the road, two-touchdown underdog, coming home for four games at home. Right. This is how you save your season right here. Yeah. And I'm looking for some of that. If you're looking for a bowl game, you got to win. I know, I know you're yeah. down. Two and five right now. You're not favored here, but, I mean, I really just think you've got to sneak a victory somewhere. You know, why not a struggling Texas A&M team? Who cares if it's 14 points, you know? I mean, yeah. does, does that really worry you? No. Uh, but, I mean, it should. But I, I think that would be a, a feather in Shane's cap if he can walk away with a victory, a 14-point underdog. Yeah. Shane, I do have a, a, a couple for you. Um, you mentioned A&M and Sachs. There are a lot of SEC teams. Sachs seems to be up in a lot of areas. What do you see? Is that a function of – the defensive players that are that you're having to go against is it offensive line play that maybe isn't as you know as good as it's been what do you what do you see from that that is a great question and it really is cuz i thought the same thing myself the other day i was looking at stats in sec games only and you see the amount of sacks that these guys have in just sec games and you're like holy mackerel um on that as well but it's it's not just I mean and we've given up way too many in SEC games but then you see some of the other teams around us that have given up a lot of sacks as well um I wish I had a great answer for you it is great it is a great question I think it's a it's a um to me it's a couple things I know Texas A&M they're starting a true freshman at offensive tackle we are starting two true freshmen on the offensive line uh, so I do think there's some teams in this league that are starting freshmen in key positions, and there's no doubt about it in my mind. It's harder – the hardest thing to do as a true freshman is to play on the line of scrimmage, particularly in the offensive line. Not that going out there and playing receiver or DB is easy, but I've always believed this, that the farther away you are from the ball, it's a little bit easier to play as a freshman from a physical standpoint. You know, we got – true freshman in there and you're blocking 300 pound grown men on the other side that are going to be first round draft picks like last week at Missouri and like this week at Texas A&M for us uh, so I think you've got some offensive lines in this league that had some have some youth you're playing some very very talented defensive lines people can talk about what's the difference in the SEC and the different conferences across the country the defensive line is one of them and no matter what anybody says, you can't argue with that. I mean, you just look at the defense alignment in this league, and it's a who's who of guys that are going to be playing in the NFL in the next three years. And uh, and then I think also defenses are are very multiple. You know, there's no defense that we play in this league that, okay, they're going to line up and four down, and they're going to play three deep coverage, and all right, now go block them. I mean, you're playing teams, and they're coming from everywhere. And uh, I think the multiplicity of defenses in this league – I think the talented of talented defense alignment in this league um, and then some offensive lines that maybe quite aren't where they need to be all kind of adds up. But I thought the same thing when I was looking at it yesterday. So, yeah. And well, your second question. So. Jimbo, have you been able to assess what the biggest issues with protection has been this year? Protection, if you look at it, it came late in that game. There was four balls that he had a contested pocket until the last drive. And getting the ball, there's two things. There's, there's three parts of protection. you got to protect the passer. You got to read it and get it out, and you got to run the route and be at the right place. So, I mean, at different times, are different things. I mean, sometimes some guys get beat, and we in the last two weeks we faced some really good pass rushers. I mean, the last two weeks there's there's four ends, three or four ends that are going to make a lot of money, and interior guys that can really rush and do a good job. So you're playing good people. Uh, you know, say head the down and distance too. When we're doing that, we're doing a really good job, and what we're doing. So we just uh, it's been varying things at times. 
but it's it's you know sometimes you got to get the ball out, sometimes you got to get open the hair quicker, and sometimes you got to protect longer. So it's been all three at different, and it's been really good at times. I mean, up and down the field. And speaking of bowl hopes, Shane, both these teams, Mississippi State at Auburn, yeah, kicking off this Saturday. The winner <laughs> takes a huge step towards making a bowl game. Uh huh. The loser is going to figure out. By God, we only scored six points. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Like, I like, <laughs> seven to six. You yeah. know? <laughs> what if this just opens up? You know, I, it just don't. If, what's that? Do you have an over under on this one? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. It is uh, forty three. I don't know about that. What if it did open up though? All of a sudden, it's like forty eight, forty nine in the fourth quarter. I. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it will. I don't, who has more passing here? Um, Auburn's it, entire it team yeah. or Mike Wright? Yeah, I was about to say, if Will Rogers is in, maybe No, him. even if Will Rogers is starting. I, I've, I'd i give it to Auburn. Yeah, okay. Playing at home. Mississippi State defense has been really bad. People, They were jumping on me, Shane. I, you, you got roped into this because I give them no respect mm-hmm. for how they lo- lock down Arkansas. Yeah. I don't know how you give them respect though when Arkansas immediately comes out and says we got fire this coordinator. Yeah. That gives you an indication of what they think of your defense, right? And the fact they were so awful. I don't think Mississippi State did anything that was like made them a lockdown defense all of a sudden. Yeah. Do you? Well, I mean, to go from where they were to what we saw Saturday, I I think that need that deserves a little credit. Um. You know, it was not at Mississippi State. You know, they went on the road and they held Kentucky to three freaking points. So, at the end of the day, some of that was terrible play calling, obviously, from Arkansas. But I would say 50-50 here, the defense taking a massive step forward in those two weeks off. You know, that they had and that And I did hear week, Zach so. Arnett, he kind of got more, a little bit more involved. Again, Arnett is a defensive mastermind. The problem is, I I think he just started this season a little, you know, a little into over his head, you know, the and yeah. and and taking that extra week and finally getting back to the defense, getting back to his roots, fixing some of those gashing problems that they've been having. I think that's that's big. And Mississippi State is a good team. They got a lot of talent on that roster. It's just they've not got to shine. You know, you see little flashes of it here and there. But um, I, I don't know, man. If the defense really did figure it out last week, that may be the team that surprises us the most in November. Shane, how much would you have bet if I asked you in the offseason that Zach Arnett gets a conference win before Hugh Freeze? How much would you have bet? Uh, I would have bet 100 bucks. I would have bet like 100000 that Hugh Freeze would have got one before Zach Arnett, but here we are. They haven't won, and, and I don't. Wait, know if, you thought Hugh Freeze would get a conference win before Zach Arnett? Yeah. Did you like going into this game? And, and I can't remember your first week zero power rankings or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But going into this season, did you feel like forget the coaches and the teams and stuff? Which roster did you like more than the other? You were pretty high on Auburn, but that was a lot of yeah, well, well about, if yeah, this about, worked, about even. Yeah. No no huge difference. But I thought there'd be a huge difference in coaching that we've not seen. Yeah. I mean, we all said 
They'll sneak up. They'll beat some A&M. <laughs> Jimbo, watch out. LSU. Oh, they want the Ole Miss. You know, we, we, made, yeah. we made these narratives for all these games. They've looked piss poor in most of them. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. But the, the reason I asked that, because not only does Zach Arnett have one and Hugh has zero. Again, we're not going to. We ain't firing everybody this week yeah. or anything. But what's going to be the reaction if Hugh Freeze loses to Zach Arnett at home on the Plains where you got these these great fans, this great home field advantage. They were booing their ass last week in, during the Ole Miss game. They were booing Auburn, the home fans, these great fans, because yeah. they're that fed up with what the offense looks like. And maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe Mississippi State has taken these great strides on defense. And if they do, they just lock down Arkansas on the road. They can't do it to – they can certainly do it to Auburn. Yeah. Auburn's no. awful on offense. Well, I just – I get it. I get why Auburn's frustrated because Auburn's could have won – they should have won, could have won several SEC games, high-profile games. You know, I'm looking at the A&M, obviously the Ole Miss. You know, these these are those were winnable games. Georgia, they had up against the ropes for a while. And if you had any form of downfield passing, you would have been over, you right. know. And and I feel like that's that would be frustrating as an Auburn fan to see we're so damn close to being relevant again, you know. And we just can't get to it. And why can't Peyton Thorne throw? Why can't Robbie throw? You know, I don't understand. And um, but I, I get it. I get I get the frustration. But I'm not penalizing Hugh Freeze, obviously, I mean, the guy went to Liberty and made, made an NFL prospect for a quarterback. He, if, if it were on that roster, it would have been found. It would have been discovered by now. So, mm. clearly, the future of Auburn's offense is not in that huddle, right. is, is my, my two cents on that. And he does not want to let them cook because if they do, who knows, that defense can only stay on the field so long. You get a turnover, then all of a sudden it opens up again and they're just not built to come back from behind. So I, I'm I'm not out on Auburn at all. They just Hugh Hugh just needs his his roster. And when he gets that, they're gonna win a ton of games. Yeah. Um but Mississippi State, I like their roster more right now. And so that's why I'm a little bit harder on Zach Arnett. Not because he's a new coach uh you know, but because he's got a roster that could win games, but he can't get out of his own way sometimes. And and it felt like last week was a big step forward. Don't let the offense screw it up. The defense come out here, shut down Arkansas, come away with a win on the road. That was a that was the biggest win in his in his book right now. So yeah, and and it may be a launching pad for next week. Well, and then final one here, Shane Vanderbilt at Ole Miss, mm-hmm. another week. Another no respect for me for Ole Miss for what they're doing on the field. Cause <laughs> did you hear that? I, I can't remember who did. He's like the blasphemy, you know. How do you how do you have Ole Miss games like two of them in the top ten, but you don't respect them? I mean, there's nothing Where on this doll did Lane Kiffin hurt you, Mike? You know? There's just nothing they could show me in this one, I think, that is gonna impress me though, because it is 25-point spread and at home at night, you know. But I remember going back to our earlier in the show, we're talking about the scheduling yeah, and how the scheduling is going to get fixed soon. 
it's going to take away this game, which I think is going to be good. Yeah. For the Vanderbilt and Ole Miss every year, it does nothing for me. No, no. <laughs> And now everybody should get to play Vanderbilt at least once, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but I will say this could be a fun little offensive game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanderbilt does have, you know, that's one thing they do have, and obviously they've not been a threat to any SEC opponent yet. Uh, but you know, I don't want to, I don't want to shit on the Georgia game because I thought that was that was that was damn right impressive you know i mean it's a scrappy team and this is that's the vanderbilt we signed up for at the start of the season that's the vanderbilt team we saw last year yeah um so who knows this may be one of those that it's a little tight you know <laughs> then lane tries to just lay it on late so he can cover the spread kind of thing you want to make any junkins four or five touchdown bets like you've done before shit no man <laughs> i don't even know if he's got the thing about I love that running back room now. Yeah. Because you could see Juk- Junkins is a new guy from week one to here. He, mm-hmm. He's a new guy. Um, I love Ben. I, they have what they're doing with those running backs is freaking awesome. Lane's, he's a running back whisperer. You know, everybody thinks about the quarterback, but no, it's just what they're just able to get out of offense. I don't know why you're not on the Ole Miss wagon because I'm, I'm on it, man. These, these guys are fun to watch. They are so fun to watch, and they and having an offense like that's going to keep them in any game. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, buddy. Uh, anything before we hop off? Oh, uh, I can't wait for that juice tattoo, <laughs> man. That's going to be awesome. Uh, no, man. This is this if, if it happens, Shane. Yeah, we'll, we, I'm going to try to figure out a way. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, I'll just have to talk to them ahead of time or something. But I want to see if they'll let me like bring cameras in there and live stream it. Yeah. How great would that be? Are you going to put it like on your eyelid or something? <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somewhere, somewhere probably hidden. Yeah, no, no, no. I think it'd be great. I, I, I'm I, rooting for it because, again, <laughs> it's I've been trying to get a tattoo for you for, for a long time now. But no, brother, again, this could be a wild, wild weekend. We started the show with that. I've started the week with this. It just feels like it. I don't know if it's Halloween or whatever, but there's yeah. something in the air right now, and it just doesn't. Spooky out. Yeah, I like that. A little, it's foggy every morning. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we do live near, near a lake, so there's a lot of fog. But, but yeah, it does feel like there's upset in the air, you know? Yep. So it may be. If you were picking one right now, not saying, I'm not giving away your picks or anything, but out of all like the big spread games, let's go, uh, well, just all of them. You know who they are. Is there an upset that you're, I don't know, like leaning more toward? Like if it were to happen, I'm looking at this team. Probably South Carolina A&M. That's a big one. I know. Yeah, that's a very big one. But I, I think the wheels wheels are wobbling right now yeah. in College Station. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you get a hot quarterback come in there, get a lead, yeah. fans start booing. We got the backup. We'll have excuse for this, excuse for that. Yeah. Jimbo, yeah. he needs eight years. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know. I'm leaning a little, uh, as large as that book hooked in the party. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, something doesn't feel right. Something doesn't feel right about this game. Lock it up. Oh, yeah. I'm on the Georgia bandwagon. Okay. But. well buddy i appreciate you as always appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out we'll catch you 
on the next one. And don't forget a uh, live show. Any idea what time on Thursday night? Uh, I'm good whenever, man. Okay. Uh, my daughter's softball is over, so until gotcha. next sporting event we get into. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm ready whenever, brother. All right, so we'll, we'll shoot probably for seven again. Yeah, seven sounds great. Seven yeah. Eastern, six Central, Thursday on all on the YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all that live for our predictions show. That's going to do it for this episode. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Evolve. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.